Good afternoon, and this is Conversations With. Now, today is a very special episode, and I'm going to be recording shortly, 15 minutes' time, with the man who owns and operates the James Smith Academy, Mr. James Smith and very self. Now, I'm obviously a little bit nervous, excited, um, and I'm so happy to be welcoming James onto the podcast. So for anybody who doesn't know, the background of this podcast came from an inspiration from a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk. Now, Gary Vaynerchuk is a media influencer um, and you, you know, massive following on the internet. And he was talking about do things that you're passionate around. Now, I'm very passionate around the James Smith Academy. It's... For, for me has done so much and I'll cover that in a minute but when Gary Vaynerchuk was talking around do something you're passionate about he was saying well you know if you like the New York Knicks or you know a massive basketball team football team do a podcast on that and a light bulb moment went off so for me I'm as I said really passionate about the James Smith Academy now James had always been asked from my opinion, um, would he ever get his academy members onto his podcast? And that was always going to be around, you know, difficult around logistically. James lives in Sydney. He's often all over the world. And if he invited one member on, he felt that he would be obliged to invite a number of members on. Now, I know from the James Smith Academy that there's so many inspiring stories and everybody's journey has a story. So the light bulb moment, tell those stories. I sat around, first of all, I could have done that by myself, but it would have been wrong. It would have been disrespectful to James to just go and do that. James is always very open and asked, has always asked, if you've got an idea or you've got a question, send him an email. So I did. I'd had a few beers. I felt courageous and I sat around typing out an email. I hadn't really emailed James many times before. I had done with a few ideas, some questions, responding to you know, such as book launches, that type of thing. Um, but I wrote him this long email explaining what I want to do, why I wanted to do it. And sent the email, finished my beer, went to bed. Woke up in the morning, kind of forgot about it, was checking my emails, and there was a reply from James. And it was read something like, yeah, mate, sounds great. Go for it. If you need my help, let me know. Well, for me, that, that was like, and you can hear me kind of giggling and, and smiling behind that. That was just shit, go time. It's, this is real. And... That was, yeah, the go time. I don't actually know how to record a podcast. Shit, I better go and learn that. I have seen how some people were doing it in lockdown, using Zoom, better research that. I'm, I'll need some guests. I knew roughly who I wanted, but I sat around and I found my first guest and great support in Joe Secret Veggie. 
so she helped me get get started with with the podcast over a couple of weeks i built up the formats i set up how to record a podcast i got a platform and off i went we've recorded joe secret veggie we've moved on to recording with pav second episode third episode was sam payne fourth was active insurance guy or simon Fifth episode was a, a winner, another winner, Jack Foster. Then I had some other requests that people wanted to come on, so we recorded with Rhiannon in episode six. Number seven came around, and it was my turn. Then number eight, we spoke with Claire from Butterflies 22. So number nine, we got another legend on as a, the step challenge finished, and we recorded a step challenge episode, and... Uh, Chopper or Graham's, who's one of the admins episodes. Number 10 came around. That was Sinead. Number 11 was Katie. And on top of that, we also then built the challenge series um, following the, the Beat the Boss challenge week by week, where I've had some amazing guests on there. Everybody has been brilliant, and you know they're why we're here today. Really, all of those people across all of those guests. On top of that, we've done the winners from Bali, um, and it's just been immense. I think we're up to twenty-six episodes. This will be episode number twenty-seven. And if you'd asked me six months ago, would I be in this position today, where I'm eleven minutes, and I, yes, I am watching the clock. I'm watching my participants waiting for James. Excited nervous and it's not it's going to be fine you know james is the most welcoming character i've spoken to him at lives i've spoken to him after the book tour he's always on a level and he is the person that you see through instagram so as i said he's a bit of a, a legend especially to the james smith academy members there's lots of people that follow him online Six hundred sixty-three thousand instagram followers facebook Book launch, second book launch coming soon. Not a life coach, not a diet book. Has been a Sunday Times number one bestseller. His podcast across his own podcast and then a Fair Points podcast with Sonny and Ferris. Somebody in three years has moved in such a direction. And anybody who knows me, I'm always trying to grow and develop. And James inspired from me, number one, losing weight. Number two, I was inspired and then you know, supported by James to do the podcast. And off the back of that, the confidence that's come, I've launched my own business. And I'm following James's model. So he doesn't even know that he is a mentor to me um, without even really realizing it. Just by showing how he does things, staying consistent you know all of his academy members know he sends a daily email i can't remember a day where he's missed that he goes on lives regularly and he has some periods where he's very busy and those things have to drop but they're consistently there seven days a week you know a presence online where he shows his whole life and it's just inspiring where he's got to so without further ado 
I'm going to stop this part of the recording. We'll stitch them together at the end. I'm going to use my small amount of editing skills to do that. And, you know, once James is on, we're going to jump straight into it. I've had some questions in. I only asked the people from the um, Beat the Boss Challenge podcast because we're in a WhatsApp group together and I wanted some you know, members' questions. But I was being very aware that, you know, not keeping it secret from anybody, but I just wanted to keep it on the down low what we were doing um, and then hit you with a wallop when you're listening to this that we're, we're, it's out in there and James has you know, jumped onto to my podcast, which I know he recorded with James Clear um, on Tuesday. You know, James Clear with Atomic Habits, and that was like one of his idols to have on there. I'm getting the opportunity to repeat that and have one of my idols on to my podcast today. So, you know, like I said, without further ado, we're going to get on to recording with James, and yeah, let's make it. Let's make it the best one ever. When you're listening and you've you've seen this, can you please share it? Because I want everybody to be able to hear this one. I'm probably jabbering on. I'm excited. Let's go. James Smith, conversations with get in. Okay, so anybody who's been listening, you've heard my intro. I've got James here. He is live, it's not pre-recorded. And we were just talking to James through what that intro said. And we were chat, started getting talking, so we thought, hey, let's hit record and, and go for it. So, James, you were just telling me about, yeah, I was telling you about how Gary Vaynerchuk kind of inspired the thought to contact you and do the podcast. And you were telling me about having read Crush It. Yeah, so um, hello to everyone uh, listening or watching online. Uh, sorry if you hear any traffic in the road. Uh, my bedroom is right on the road, and sometimes you get like a, the odd motorbike. So in case you hear that, that's my fault. Uh, yeah, so when I first went to Australia, uh, I remember um, I just started the online personal training. And there were some old uh, names in there, including Pippa. So Pippa was one of my first ever online clients. And she will testify to the fact that I was only on Facebook. And when people said, oh, you should, should have a business Instagram, I was like, nah, I'm on Facebook. And it was really because I was just further ahead. I had two or 3,000 followers. And I read his book, Crush It. And like you say, it was... If you have a passion about something, talk about it, blog about it. And I kind of finished listening to that audiobook. I was in Gold Coast. I tell you exactly where I was. I know the exact beach walk that I was walking down. And I was like, shit, I need to set up a business Instagram page. And if you go back to my very first post, it's me sat on a bench in Gold Coast in Australia in November 2016. And I realized it wasn't that I was a Facebook predominant platform user. It was the fact that I just wasn't working as hard as I could have. Um. You, you used the word lazy when we were chatting. Um, and it's, uh, I don't think, I think from any of the members are listening, that's not what we would describe you as, as a person now. It's, it's a funny one because when uh, I was at this point, I was, still, I was still working very hard and I was programming every day and I was chatting to people on WhatsApp and I was staying very busy. And it was really that I was only being lazy in, in one kind of silo of my attention because at the same time i still put in work into content i still put in work into my actual day-to-day -day work uh i'm actually very grateful for that traveling aspect of my life where i got into a lot of audiobooks including in that uh but i realized you know managing two social media platforms meant not not doubling my workload but having two different places to go and 
the only way I could describe it is when you have two pairs of flip-flops, it's a hot day, and you get there and you think, well, which one do I wear? You know, unless you've got smart and casual, if you've got two pair of Havianas, you sat there like, fuck, I'm torn between the two of them. And um, I, I had this like OCD at the time where I would keep my inbox on Facebook 100% empty. Anyone messaged about anything, I'd get back to them. And then having two social media platforms, I was like, oh, this is just going to be more, more work. And then kind of it, it inspired me actually. Gary Vaynerchuk, he's, he's a weird one because I love, I love him and I hate him at the same time where he, he is very, you know, don't have holidays. Don't do this. Wake up before him. <laughs> Stop drinking. You, you can afford Starbucks, rich, all this stuff. And sometimes I look at him, I go, fucking hell, you look knackered, mate. You look knackered. Like <laughs> someone should like come into his life. Like, yeah, you bought, you're going to buy the jets, but maybe, you know, um, but yeah, it was a really interesting book. But Jamie Alderson told me he, uh, he doesn't work weekends. Um, no, I don't. I don't think he does. So if you were, if you, you're kidding it Monday to Friday and you are able to relax at the weekend, you're great. And so, but I guess it, it depends what works for you. What, you choose choose what where you work when you work. So I think uh, he's got he's got a killer social media strategy as well, where uh, it's very easy to to appear that you're always bam 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 bam. Uh, and Paul Mort was a big one where he was a uh, big influencer on me reposting at weekends. So like anyone listening, and yourself included, like if you were to put out new content Monday to Friday and then repost old content Saturday and Sunday, as far as like a coverage perspective you keep your frequency up without increasing your workload. And if you have kind of uh, captivated a, a good audience, they shouldn't be getting that annoyed that you've reposted. And that's another thing that kind of, you know, in for Gary Vee, as long as he's on your face everywhere he is, he's probably not working half as hard as we think, but he can still almost inspire us at the same time, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen that since, so I was kind of, I've moved into, launching my personal business since and i led up that with that in my intro that you were you've kind of been a real mentor to me without even kind of realizing so the inspiration to to lose weight you know number number one yeah you know, i've maintained for a long time the next challenge for me is about phase two and dropping more weight be a 42 kilograms off which yeah, so, i never thought was possible to then doing a podcast, to then launching my business, and I'm stealing your model, James. <laughs> yeah. I've done I've done a daily email for sixty two days. I'm trying to do the lives and trying to do a whole lot of different stuff, but it kind of comes from being everywhere. But now I've got a podcast Instagram to manage. I've got my own Instagram. I've got my personal. It's just like shit being everywhere is hard work and I find a total new level of respect for the stuff that you do and everybody thinks that you're just chilling around and you know and it takes a long work to edit to post to do your podcasts it's it's a funny one because um you're you're right and and in the last since covid actually I've never had so much to relax so much time to relax I've probably taken more downtime recently but what what you'll certainly expect and I'm sure a lot of people listening well your mind is now always occupied and it's a very exhausting thing where sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm almost a little bit jealous of the James before he went to Australia because when I left those gym doors, that was my day done. And then until all I had to worry about was waking up at 6am 
But when you become business minded uh, and you're trying to then market your passion through social media, your mind is never vacant. And I'm very guilty of wandering off in a conversation about, oh, that'll make you a good email. Oh, that'll make a good social media post. Oh, that's just remind me, I need to do this. Um, but no, it's, it's usually flattering to you say that uh, you would look up to like the way I've done things. I very much, especially now, since I hit 30, I've never realized how much of a child I am. Like I'm, I'm not even an organized child. I'm still very much a child who just found a system that kind of worked for me and I, it all boils around enjoying it. Like um, the lives, the videos, the podcasts, the, and even editing. If you ever see Darren and I, when we edit, we like even if there's food around us and we're hungry, we're so excited to edit that we'll leave food around, which never, never a thing. And we we take so much satisfaction from it. And it's one of those things that people say, oh, I should, should give that to someone else to do. We're like, no, 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 we enjoy that. And even with the podcast as well, with Fair Points, when we finish the end, I'm like, boys, leave me. Let me edit. Let me line up the audio track that I've got out of GarageBand and put it into iMovie. And like, I, it becomes like a bit of an art. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's great. And I'm, I love the fact other people are doing it because it, everything has to be imitated. Uh, nothing I did was, was truly original. I suppose the, the process and the person are the only original things. But then if another person wants to use the same process, that's 100% cool. And Paul Mort, thank God I paid him for his services. Or he'd, he'd have a very different uh, standpoint on a lot of the concepts I had. He goes, famous daily emails, James. I've heard that one before. I was like, sorry, mate. <laughs> it was one of his. Well, I think he's, he says in his book, so I'm doing his Unstoppable program. Um, I did it in July and I'm redoing it. But he says in his book that there's an ethical way to copy. Um, yeah. yeah. As long as you're not stealing people's stuff, if you're imitating, modeling it, making your own, that's, that's okay. And, um, yeah, but if I was going onto your page and actually copying your post, or, yeah, then that, that, that would be wrong. You've still got to do your own stuff. It's uh, it's funny because when I when I see people that because of course I would have learned calorie deficit from someone, but when I see someone copying the same hand actions as me to start a video, I'm like, mate, you you've been studying this one. But again, um, I'm flirting with the ideas of uh, putting together some very basic jujitsu modules, and they will be literally taken from what I've maybe learned the night before. But as long as you take it and like you say, you make it your own like regurgitated information is very important because if I was to connect some James Smith Academy members with my black belt professor, they're not going to listen. But if I can take what he's taught me and get it across in my own unique way, you can then kind of educate people on certain topics. And, you know, I, I, I've joked about this before where with the brand that kind of you see on social media, there are a lot of people that just don't listen to fitness people. And I had to take their information. I remember looking up at the big dogs that I used to learn from. And I was like, fucking hell, you guys are boring. You are so boring. And I was like, if I'm going to get in front of the people that I truly like, the ones that swear, the ones that fucking trying to kill me with gin and tonics on the night out, which you've seen firsthand. If I'm going to get in front of these people and be able to capture and, and keep their attention, I'm going to have to regurgitate this in another way. I'm going to have to bring Yanan's dog into play. I'm going to have to talk about, you know, the extra inch doing doggy, all of this stuff. Um, but no, absolutely. I think uh, it, it almost becomes like your own art, how you can take someone else's information and make it your own. 
So, well, talking about when you're buying your G&Ts, um, we were responsible for um, your Bristol trying to buy you Craig Davids, and you were, I think you were towards the end of your tour, and you were just like, no. <laughs> so we dragged them all, um, and then proceeded to disrupt your uh, your speech at the back. Um, and there was a, a somebody who wasn't part of JSA, but you know, had come along to the book tour, um, tapped me on the on the knee and said, uh, "Be quiet, young man." And, so, and we were like, "Oh, oh, hang on. There's other people here. There's not just JSA members." And you know, where we've heard lots of the stuff in one way before but we were uh, a little disruptive on that night i think and then every the, this story happened in every single place like the second i saw a pub in newcastle i'm pretty sure it's newcastle i was like oh fucking hell we got trouble here like everywhere we were wherever we were there was a member where i was like we're in trouble and um the the crazy thing was that the uk tour was definitely pretty nuts but i was killed off after the first three events or whatever uh, then we came to Australia and we had to do the same on with jet lag. But everywhere you go, and it's quite funny, Australian JSA members and British JSA members, they're the same people, just very, very different. And uh, yeah, no, I think I think it's a lot of fun. I think there, there's, the, you know, wherever you go, there's cliques, even in offices when people go for lunch or whatever it is. Uh, so I try my best with the JSA members at events. And I, I, I recognize them by face. I'm like, you got shot. You got shot people behind you they're not in the academy they're getting pretty pissed off you know but i think it's fun um that's why i'm also really excited for the next uh set of events is because i'm 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 butting heads a bit at the moment with uh kind of like the, the my publishers as well where they're like talk about this and i don't want people to see some of the stuff that's in the book too because i want everyone to be kind of like engaged and like really drawn into the conversations which I'm having because I know exactly the conversations where uh, on the book tour, the ones where people would switch off. I was like, if there's any Academy members in there, they've heard this bit before. Um, but yeah, so with the, the second book and the second set of events, hopefully there'll be hopefully just as many pissed JSA members doing shots, but maybe a more uh, captured audience into what I'm talking about. The, I'm just giggling there because we've obviously ag agreed where some of the guys can, can join and they're already queuing up in the waiting room. <laughs> so they, they're going to have to stay there, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, just started popping up and I thought, oh, you know, they're, uh, they're all there. So, but that, um, that's a really good kind of concept, I think, to keep it, you know, if it's all going to be new and fresh um, and it's, it's kind of new to everybody, but you also, like you said, try to talk about it to promote it is uh yeah, how do you keep it on the down low? But then, you know, there were to be your book to be as successful as you want it to be. It was, uh, it was actually really enjoyable to write because the first one I was within the constraints of fitness and this constant burden of having to strive to be objectively correct in everything you say. And I was like, fuck, the last thing I need is, and I had anxiety about this, the day before uh, publication there's a new meta-analysis on exogenous ketones which debunks one of my paragraphs you know and i could be like fuck this this is no longer relevant now i'm confident that everything in that first book was there but in the second book i was talking about personal anecdotes personal feelings i was given the opportunity to shake a lot of branches that people hold with the and i say in the beginning of the chapters i'm like if you remain in the tree cool that's why i'm here to shake the branch but if you fall out hopefully i've kind of like 
change the the way people think about it but then before you know it i'm off talking about space newton's laws all of this kind of stuff and i was like i can keep this in this book because it's not a fitness book anymore and to have that freedom with writing really really did excite me uh which then means that uh the talk i'm going to be doing in uh, australia and the uk like uh it's it's such a different discussion uh and that kind of excites me as well where um it yeah it's it's i'm really looking forward to it if uh i just hope this covid stuff fucks off like uh it, it's it's something where you know i'm i'm very openly uh not well informed about but you must be in in britain what's what's the sense of you know in the in the beginning i got a lot of shit on socials for posting banterous videos I, I did the drago if he dies he dies and i got a real bad backlash but i have a feeling that if i was to post that kind of stuff today it would have a very different response what's your thoughts over on that side i think it's um it's becoming frustrating um to the point where it's life is affecting lives in other ways other than the health yeah you know if it's affecting you know my day-to-day job I, you know, I'm the account manager. You know what it's like being in sales. I need offices open. You know, I don't need people working from home. I need offices open. I need to be able to speak to people. Um, you know, that's having an impact. I've already been on furlough. I've gone back to work. Don't put me on furlough again. I don't want to be there again. That's also not, we can't, as a nation, we can't support that much longer. You know, we need the economy going, but then there's the mental health impacts. You know, there's been all those posts about suicides on the increase. You know, people are, are starting to, you know, impact on families who are arguing. People, you know, mothers that are now frustrated with having their kids around all the time, not being able to provide those kids with the education. It's, there's a massive other impact that actually just, if we went around our day-to-day lives and it, it flowed, okay, there would there be less of an impact overall? It's a, it's an interesting one. The only real quantification we can we can really have is deaths. And you know, oh, how bad is this? Well, we got this many deaths. But you know, like when people played The Sims on the computer, you had those little plus and minuses when people were like interacting. You often do think that you know, if there was a plus and minus scale for relationships, family bonds, uh, quality of life, quality of freedom, uh, you know, all of these things. There, there's so many others diminishing down. That's not to take anything away from people that are dying from this. And there are a lot of people with other uh, autoimmune disorders who are now very, very vulnerable to, um, you know, getting their situations worsened. But I completely agree. And and like the frustrations uh, that I feel aren't so much for myself, but for other people. I feel that I'm incredibly fortunate. I'm in one of the, I was thinking about this. Australia is probably the best place in the world to be right now. Uh, which is why I made the decision uh, to, uh, you know what, the guys from Bali, uh, I still owe them three nights out, three nights out from the second group. I haven't forgotten about it either. Um, but I looked at them, I went to them at dinner and I was like, I need to go back to Australia. And they shut the borders the next day. So I would have been uh, locked out. I'd be back in the UK. I'll probably be doing this podcast from my mum and dad's house moaning. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's crazy. And, like, and over here, we're in like a bit of paradise where people aren't quite so poorly affected but yeah i'm looking forward to doing these events i've i've got faith that in the next few months they're gonna work on like mass testing and uh, actually start with some initiatives that aren't so much about keeping people locked down but more so about getting people tested and only locked down in those that have got it 
Yeah, it's well, fingers crossed. But one thing I think it's taught everybody is you can't look too far ahead in life. Um, yeah. Yeah, I always joke about that question that people ask in interviews. You know, where will you be in five years' time? <laughs> Which fuckers asked that in 2015 went pandemic? <laughs> Nobody said it. It's um, it just you know, it's unpredictable. Live your life for now, and enjoy your, enjoy your every moment. Find the good in and the little things that you're doing. Hundred percent, and and a lot of people would have done all the right things. Get into twenty twenty, went to uni, did their masters, did their PhD, sat through lectures they didn't want to be in, did exams they didn't want to take, went for a job, you know, and then suddenly, bang, the world has changed, and it, the world's a fragile place. And I've always said to people, like, you never know when you're going to get hit by a bus. Or you never know when, you know, everyone that woke, everyone that found out they had a brain tumor today woke up today not thinking that was going to be their day. And I've always tried to get at this point across. I know it's kind of a deep conversation, but I like thinking about dying all the, all the time. And I was laying in bed. Two nights it's been since I had this conversation. The girl I'm seeing at the moment, I said to her, I've got one rule. She goes, what's that? I said, fancy dress funeral. I said, that's it. That's what's going to happen. And I've been bantering my mates about this for years. And I've always been living this kind of mindset where, you, like you say, you've got to live it for now and have a bit of fun. Someone goes, oh, if you were to die next week, what would you do? Make sure people know fancy dress at the funeral. The second part was that I actually want to have a fake death just to see who comes to the funeral. But, you know, you've you got to have a bit of fun with stuff like this because like, like we're saying, so many people have done the right thing in life for it all to be taken away. And like even, you know, property prices, the economy, you know, having tenants, like someone could have bought a, a, a plethora of properties and be like, oh, it's going to be great. But suddenly now tenants were living at home with their parents and, they're getting all these new clauses where they don't have to pay rent and all of this stuff. And it's, yeah, it's a bit of a scary place, but I suppose the silver lining to that is that it's a kick in the ass for a lot of people where, you know, although they're diminished at the moment, should we get out of this positively, a lot of people will be making better decisions. Yeah. I think there's, um, there's one thing that sticks in my mind about death. And that was when my mum was lying in a hospital bed and I'd said to her about, do you need me to come home and help dad? Probably should have asked my dad, not my mum. But she said to me, don't stop living your life just because I'm losing mine. And I was like, you know, like, powerful shit. It's just like, how could you think about that in, in that moment? And it's just kind of stuck with me that you've got to just keep going. And I've, you've seen so many people pause around COVID and just put their life on hold and they're like waiting for it to go before they kind of carry on. And that, that to me is complete and utter bullshit. You know, there's, this is the time now to evaluate where you are. How can you do things differently? Challenge yourself, put yourself into different environments um, and find a way to be successful in whatever you're doing, whether that's successful in your fitness goals, successful with your relationships, whatever. And you'll find a way to do that really well now. And if you can do it really well now, imagine how easy it's going to be when it goes. Um, I, th I think as well, uh, what I put a lot of people have realized are a couple of things that everyone got locked down. And when we got locked down, we realized we don't actually need to train that much. Like uh, I, I was surprised how little muscle I lost. I still lost quite a lot, but I thought there'd be a lot less of me. And then I was like, oh, do you know what? Uh, you can get, quite happy even in your own house it's not as great as it usually is but you can get kind of quite happy 
But then I think a lot of people have started to go, actually, I could be quite happy with not a lot, not spending a lot, not having holidays, not being able to drive anywhere. And the same sense that if people can take that evaluation to other areas of their life, for instance, uh, I love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And what's great about that is any person that does any martial arts chooses their level of victory, chooses their level of success, chooses their level of what makes them happy. And for me, you could say that I'm, I'm relatively successful in one area of my life, but I don't want that in my jiu-jitsu life. I just want to turn up and train. I am a blue belt, which is only the second out of five belts. And although that's still quite good, for me, I'm very happy here. And when I go training, if I roll with my friends, have a good night, if someone comes up to me and goes, you're not the best in the world. No, I'm not. Well, you're not the best in this gym. Well, no, I'm not. Well, you're not even the best blue belt. Well, no, I'm not. If I set someone else's metrics for what was success, I'd be a very unhappy fucking jiu-jitsu athlete. And I think like what you said is with life, people have sat back and gone, I've got Netflix. I've got my bed. I've got food deliveries. I can still go to Tesco's with a mask on. They're like, considering the world's gone to shit and I've still got everything I need, maybe I will do a job I fucking enjoy. Maybe I will start up a project. Maybe, you know, whatever it is in the spare time. Because people have almost been stripped of all their luxuries anyway. So they might as well continue life with a new set of values. And uh, I think that's, that's kind of cool. And I think that there's a stigma of people expressing the positives they've experienced from a lockdown or a pandemic or, or whatever it is. And uh, I wish more people would speak more freely about how they've enjoyed being stuck in their fucking house and having to wear a mask. And it's, it's kind of a fucked up thing to say, but when this all clears, which eventually it will, whether it's through fucking um, herd immunity or whatever it is, I think people will have a new uh, sense and appreciation for everything. You know, you know, when you got a blocked nose, you're like, fucking hell, blocked nose is so shit. And then once it goes away for a week, you're like, fuck, life is good without a blocked nose. I kind of feel like we're going to get to that sooner or later. Um, yeah, I think so. I think you're, one thing about humans is we've all that did I didn't oh, yeah, carry on. Sorry, yeah. I got a bit of bandwidth thing there. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, the one thing about humans is we've we've always adapted to our environment. Yeah, there's that's one of our you know, it's really strong points about being a human and being an animal in general. You you adapt. Yeah, you know, if I walk along the road and I see a homeless guy, he's probably been you know, might have been on the streets for four or five years his life probably wasn't great before he ended up there um you know and how the human body still keeping that person alive no matter the the sleep he's had where he's had to sleep the, you know the five, minus five degrees outside the drugs he's taken that day the drink he's had the body's actually still surviving it might not survive for as long but it is still surviving and we just adapt we accept ourselves. and um i remember a guy uh i worked with an, an older sales guy and he said, if I took two grand off your wages this year, you'd adapt. And then for next year, I said, I'm going to take another two grand off. You'd adapt and you'd accept it. And you'd then the next year, another two grand. He said, until eventually I've taken 10 grand off you and you're still just like accepting it. You know, so sometimes you need to push back on that stuff that's taken away from you and, and say, no, you're not taking my two grand. You know, I need that. In fact, I want another two grand. And if you're pushing in the right direction, yeah, there's always this stuff that's push, trying to push us down. Um, but yeah, we always adapt and accept our environment. I think it, um, interestingly, like people, when they uh, lose limbs, really bad car accident, you know, something more severe like gangrene or, or whatever it is, you see them a year later 
on crutches or in a wheelchair they're they're not they're not still sad about it like you say it's become the new normal and i'm not saying that anyone should should want that but people adapt to it and it becomes their life and very soon they're there going yeah well you know what you know i live with one leg now that's that's who i am and, and human beings are very quick to adapt and you know after breakups loss of loved ones at the time it is the worst thing ever but after time that that kind of wound does heal but interestingly one of the subjects in the second book is about how it goes the other way and uh when you start to earn more money so if someone starts putting two grand in your bank account every week more and more a lot of people seem to think that that happiness and, and finances are on like a linear scale but there's a terminology called income satiation where after a certain threshold which isn't too high for most people to accomplish there's a start like a curve off the curve of that just starts to die and even when you remind rich people uh, of their wealth, they savor a bar of chocolate less. And really interestingly, whenever you, and I'm sure you've seen this before with like lottery winners and people like that, after a while, it, it, it's nothing to them. And I love reminding this to people because, oh, I forgot this pay rise, or I forgot this, or I won the lottery, or if I did this. You're going to get used to it both ways. And uh, I'll never forget three years ago, I got in a guy's car, Ferrari, and it had coffee cups, Starbucks cups, all on the floor. It was dirty. And I got in it, and he, he, to him, it was just his whip around. He was like, oh, fucking hell, sorry about that, sweeping Starbucks cups off the seat. I thought, fucking hell, one day this is probably your pride and joy, and now you're bored of it. But there's something so satisfying about sitting there in that car going, you know what, this, you're, you're bored of this. And, and, and that's amazing in the same sense that if you ever go out for dinner with wealthy people, they don't give a fuck about the food and the drink. They're just enjoying the company. They've become so accustomed to amazing food. You're there. You're like, fucking hell, this is the best steak I've ever had. You're like, what, what's going on with that mashed potato? What, what's, what, what's going on with this? But to them, that, that's become the norm. And I think it's very important that people understand that whichever way they go in, they're going to become like the, the feeling is going to be nullified. They're going to become exempt to that. They're going to feel numb both ways. Uh, similarly to getting in the bath and heating it up slowly. Like you don't even notice and you're like, fucking hell, I'm dying. I'm dying in the bath. I'm actually too hot. And then you get out and then you're like, fucking hell, you open the door, you're steaming around the house. You're like, fucking hell, how hot was I? You're dehydrated, you're parched. It's like an hour later, you're still on the sofa in a towel. Like, what's going on? But yeah, it's an important thing for people to realize. And like you say, we'll adapt both ways without, without realizing the, the bath water has been getting colder over the last six months and suddenly we can't stand in a fucking pub. I got told off the other day for leaning on a pub bar. And the bar was up, it was up to, say, my belly button, right? The bar. And I leaned forward, I put my elbows on it. And she goes, excuse me, sir, can you not lean on the bar? And I was like, oh, sorry. She goes, because of COVID? I was like, that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly the reason we've all got fucking COVID, from leaning on the bar. You know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I think there's, um, you talked about there, about the, this feeling of, success you would like we always think about oh, when i get there and that bar moves and constantly moves and i did start of july i signed up to courtesy of one of the other jsa members who said sent me a like virtual running event i was i'd been you know improving my running through through lockdown so, same sort of time as you and so i always joke actually james that i every time i seem to do something you seem to then start doing it as <laughs> um so, with running Podcasts running. running. You suddenly picked it up. Like the boxing, I've been doing it for a while. Suddenly you're doing it. The open water swimming, I was doing that. It's like I'm like, he's copying me. He's copying me all the time. <laughs> but the um, yeah, I so I 
this uh, Rhiannon said to me, oh, you, know, I've, I've, you should sign up to do this half marathon um, one. And I looked at it and it was like half marathon, marathon distance over, over six days, 100K. And I was like, and I'm always all or nothing. And I was like, fuck it, 100K, six days, seven days. I can do that without really thinking about what that meant. And I was like, oh shit. And I phoned up my, the guy that sort of teaching me about running. And I was like, Onu, you're in. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm doing 100K in seven days and I'm not going to do it unless you're there. And he was like, oh, for fuck's sake, all right, let's do it. And I did it every day. Started like first day, did 25 kilometers. And we just took it down every day. So the distances got smaller and smaller. And I finished it on the Saturday morning. And uh, Paul Greenland or Gin Lab and Fitness said, I'll do the last 10K with you. Run around Bristol, did the, the, the last uh, 10K. And I had this feeling of like, when I get to the end, I'm going to feel euphoric and I'm going to be like, I've done 100 kilometers in six days. And I was like, oh, that's done. It was, it was never about getting to that finish line. It was about enjoying the process of it. And, you know, I think that that happens all the time. People finish a JSA challenge and they always feel like, oh, God, when I finish the challenge, I'm going to be able to, you know, celebrate and do all these, um, you know, eat all this and do all this. And it's not the end point that I think people need to be kind of aiming for. It's exactly that. Like, um, I've, I've very much been the same. People go, oh, fuck, you know, another book. You must be buzzing. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, it's fun. I was like, I really enjoy writing them. They're like, oh, it's, it's amazing. I was like, well, it's 30 minutes from writing a day, uh, you know, and I enjoy writing. I was like, and people go, oh, it must be hard work. I was like, well, not really. I was like, I had a reason to sit in a cafe. And when I, when I write, I'm thinking my brain needs fuel. Can I have another almond croissant, please? I'm just sat there, another latte, another this, another that. I'm like a king in a cafe getting food delivered to me from all angles. And I get to write about absolutely anything I want for 30 minutes. And it's not impressive. And like you say, then suddenly, November 26th, so what? Just under two months, they're like, book two's going out. Isn't that amazing? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you say, it's the, it's the, it's the process and it's breaking it down that you take the enjoyability from like, oh, I need to do a thousand. Or oh, I'm probably most excited. So I wait for that fucking twat with a motorbike to go past. I'm probably most excited when I got the critiques back from my copy editor where she would just pull my pants down and she was like, need to do more on this, need to speak less on this. And I think I enjoyed that process of improving and bettering my work than I did the actual publication. Um, and again, with the book tour, the book tour is more of a survival, uh, a survival tour than anything else. And uh, we've, it's, yeah, it's, it's so amazing that you kind of get, I got to the last one in Perth and I sat back and I was like, oh, now what? what do I do? Do I go back to normal life? What, what, what's, what's next for me? But yeah, it's, um, it's very important that people become very process orientated. I feel. Yeah. You can imagine, um, you know, your, your tour was, I don't know, how many dates did you do? Okay. And we did, uh, yeah, yeah. Probably about maybe 13, 14 events. The last one was in Perth, which was very nice to be in Perth for the last one. Even now thinking about it, I go, fucking hell, we could just fly anywhere back then. Could go anywhere we want. Can you imagine being a band like when you're an uber successful band and doing like 12 months on the road? Just don't know how they do it. Don't know how they do that. Drugs and alcohol. (laughs) It's honestly, it's like, um, it's it's pretty exhausting, but at the same time, it's a lot of fun. And credit to Dirin, 
where he's come along to every single event. And there's sometimes we like we share little moments together or whatever. And um, I always like to make it feel like it's uh, fun for Darren as well. And uh, he often says to me, he's like, bro, like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And I have to say to him, I'm like, mate, if you went here, this would feel a lot more like work. And to be able to do all those events and none of it feel like work uh, is, is really, really awesome. And like, when we get there, we're excited. We like go uh, straight to the green room. Like we still can't believe we actually have a technical green room. And we go in there, there's sandwiches, there's fizzy drinks. We're like in the fridge, like there's a bottle of gin or whatever. Uh, so for us, we're like little schoolgirls that someone's gone and bought us a bottle of gin and left it in a, in a room and caught, put our name on it. So um, yeah, it's still, it's still a lot of fun. So like, we're like, oh no, another day of eating sandwiches. How, how terrible. Yeah, sandwiches are, um, they are my downfall for putting on weight. I know that when bread comes in the house, something's wrong. It's probably I'm stressed or trying to do too much. Yeah, but if there's bread on the side, it's, it's game over. It's my, current, my current vice is uh, wraps. Like I, I was clean off the wraps for so long. We had fajitas a few weeks ago. And now there's just wraps looking at me and they're 240 calories a wrap. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking the one I eat while I'm cooking the plain one on its own and then the one i have that i put my food in that's 500 calories that's like nearly a big mac i could have had a double cheeseburger um but anyway we won't get into that otherwise i'll be downstairs running to go get a wrap <laughs> um so i guess you know we, we spoke when we, when we first emailed we said you know talk about the challenge um and i guess that you know, i i sort of asked the guys in on from the beat the boss challenge are kind of some questions and kind of how, how we should shape it. But you you've grown the academy to like twenty two thousand Facebook members. I guess there's some legacy in there. Um, yeah, but that's you're from zero clients to having twenty two thousand people in a Facebook page, Facebook group. Um, that that's kind of a massive a massive change, and you're managing your business must be a, a much your different experience now. Although you probably tried to keep it very similar, uh, you're kind of what's what's been the changes over the last kind of couple of years. The the, the probably the best one I actually spent the day with him today is uh, meeting James Shaw. So uh, I was very much a one man show doing everything myself, and uh, met Darren in the gym and Darren, I said to him about what I wanted to do. And he goes, I've got the man for you. And me and Shaw are polar opposites, introvert, extrovert. One, he loves being at home coding all day. I like being there editing videos. And I'd never operated a business before. So to have a wise head come in and say, right, we need privacy policy. We need terms and conditions. I was like, how much is that costing? I think it costs us like 10 grand to get all of our legal documents done for the website. And I was like, from here on in, never tell me how much we're spending on stuff like this. And since then, I've, I, you know, I, I don't see the accounts. I don't see the payroll. Um, I actually have uh, no idea what the coaches are making on a weekly basis. Uh, I know that Tex was making more than sure uh, during COVID when, when everyone changed their programs. So I was like, I was buzzing about that. But um, so it was so good to have so much like day-to-day stuff, uh, all the communication with the accountants and the developers, all of that kind of taken away from me so that he can do the dry stuff. He won't mind me saying that. And I can deal with more of like the marketing uh, element of it. So we're actually both doing the things we enjoy. And 
so from that standpoint, a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders with as far as running, uh, running the academy. And then I suppose I would have to have different hats that I put on every day. One, to try and attract new clients um, and try and grow it out there. Two would be any kind of day-to-day uh, operations stuff, uh, coming up with new ideas as well for uh, the academy, keeping a close look on uh, feedback. Then we've got uh, group politics as well. <laughs> where there's a few fires that need to be squished out now and then. Um, but I tell you what, as well, one of the absolute saviors is the, the admin team. And like I, every, every morning when I wake up, there's two or three people that I check WhatsApps from straight away. And one of them, I go in the, I go in the admin group. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, yep, we're all good. We're all good. And I know it's really bad if Pippa messages me. James, are you free? I'm like, oh, fuck. What's up now? I hate those. I hate that phrase. Are you free, or can we talk, or I need to speak to you? And it's like, oh shit, it's her. You know, there's always something happened in the background. But um, yeah, those admin guys, you know, especially you're kind of, I guess, headed up by Pippa. She was kind of there first. She, uh, yeah, is 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 amazing because uh, in essence, they're they're not employees to me. They're like their support, and I'm very privileged in the sense that. Um, I get to to pay coaches as well to help them build a business, and it never feels like I'm like, oh, I'm just offloading stuff. It's like, oh, I'll tell you what, while I've got this incredible kind of group of, of people that support me, let's support your brands and your individual, uh, you know, agendas and and whatever it is. And with the, with the coaches as well, I've always said to them, if you want to go do your own thing, go. You're welcome to go do your own thing. And the fact as well. Uh, with Sinead and with Jack and with people that have actually come up and through the ranks themselves to then be able to give those guys opportunities to it as well is, is really good because, you know, it's still me throughout the, the education element of it. But I suppose as long as we all sing off the same hymn sheet, your, your program is going to kind of come from the same, same place, same sets, reps, volume. And at the end of the day, it's more, this, this whole thing is more of like an identity shift like, you know, you could give two people the same um, kind of values as to what we hold dear in the academy. You give two people different training plans, but the outcome is actually probably going to be the same. So I feel like um, it that's really excellent that we've managed to kind of, from a business standpoint, you'd say scale, but from a, you know, a coaching hub as well, to be able to do that without resorting to a kind of cookie cutter, one size fits all really, you know, I'm very proud to have my name on the door of it. So it's great. And do you know what? I'll be, I won't lie to you. When I go through the JSAM um, kind of feed and I see progress, I'm like, how oh, the fuck have they done that? And honestly, I, every time I see someone, I'm like, they're cheating. They're cheating. Can they have done that? And then I go down and I'm like, they're in someone else's plan. I was like, they've come from something else. They've been on something. They've been on Clem Boot Road, no shot. Then they're like, oh, thanks, James. 12 weeks. I'm like, fucking hell, 12 weeks. So like, I'm still often very shocked to see a lot of the progress um from the members and i still feel like uh now nah, they're doing that somewhere else they're just posting the photos in my group um, I, I guess that that how does that make you kind of feel if, if people are doing because i see loads of people with uh setting the challenge goals and, that, and that's kind of kind of big chat i guess at the moment is what goal should i set and then you see some people saying oh, i'm just going to set my challenge goal as steps and that's kind of you know, D- Darren's message, um, you know, your message is CFD, lift weights. But then there's other people who are putting in, I'm going to put in a running goal in. And that's kind of never been your message. Or 
there's other people putting in CrossFit goals, the awards, um, and all these goals are, are expanding away from what the kind of JSA is all about. You kind of, yeah, just wondered how that makes you feel or what your, your message would be with setting the challenge goal. So I think um, it's always important to, for people to, to, to realize that I'm, I'm here with like a tool belt. And I think for, for so long, I was, I was always pointing people in the direction of my own bias, which was weights and restricting food. Then I've changed over the years. And uh, I've actually come to realize a lot more that, especially with not everyone having access to a gym now, then obviously, you know, seeing more people that are bringing up children, more people working from home, more people, all of this kind of stuff, that actually the, the process of training is largely subjective to the person and, and can be very irrelevant. And what I realized was that with the 12-week period, when people pay you for 12 weeks, they start doing what they need to do for 12 weeks. And whether someone's walking, doing CrossFit or whatever, like kind of what I alluded to before, it's, it's actually a buy-in to a new identity. Like uh, I don't think there's, there's actually that much magical about anything in the academy, if I'm honest. I think that they just suddenly buy an identity where they're like, okay, I'm not doing that. You know, that date has passed. We are two days past the first date. That Mars bar can go back in the fucking cupboard. Thank you very much. You know, and then it's the next day where they go, well, it's Sunday night and I've got 3,000 steps to go. They're like, but it's Sunday night, two days after the challenge has just begun. So, you know, and I came to realize that my programming wasn't actually that amazing, you know? And I started looking at other coaches' programming. I was like, we're all fucking doing the same thing here four to six sets quad dominant four to six sets hamstring dominant for push and pull and accessories i was like fuck me the so many personal trainers think that their magic sits within what they're putting down on a training program i was like no 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 no. it's the confidence that we need to instill in people with their food and that you know things are subject to change that there are going to have to be adjustments down the line and that really it's more about saying this is the direction you're going in you know, even planes make thousands of adjustments every few minutes just to stay on course. A plane doesn't fly in a straight line, neither does a boat. And it's to say to people, that's fine. If you veer off tangent, let's try and control how long we're off tangent because the further we go, the more we're going to have to correct that course. And I think that whether it has certainly evolved. And one thing I've really enjoyed seeing is how many uh, people in the academy have gone from their workouts to higher stuff, to jiu-jitsu, to uh, CrossFit to running long distance, whatever it is. And I think that definitely my kind of bias towards my own training preference has certainly died off in the last year or so. Um, and to be honest, it's just great to see people doing what, what they like. Cause ultimately it's, it's got to work for them, uh, rather than me being, and you know what, with, with, uh, when COVID hit, I was like, fuck, it's like, I'm gonna have to write some hit programs. I'm gonna have to write some fucking hit programs and I had to do it. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, there was a lot of rear for elevated split squats, that's for sure, when people didn't have equipment. But yeah. And so, um, I think with you know, having done lots of the individual journeys and hearing those individual stories, the first 11 episodes, one thing that comes out more than anything, I think, why people are in the JSA is the community that's been built. So that 22,000 members and okay, people go off in their smaller groups and, and they've built new friendships and they find more like-minded people. That's, that's like a, a massive reason why people 
stay within the JSA. Um, and that, I guess, is just, you know, it's credit down to the admin, but it's, you know, it's credit down to the ethos that you say, you talk about, I think when people first join a challenge, and there'll be loads of new people, I guess, joined. When they first set up that Instagram and they start following anybody that's got JSA in the handle, and they put out their first progress pictures out live on the internet, stood in, the, in their underwear, and then they get comments and support. And that bit, although it's detached from you, it is part of, of the JSA because of where, where it comes from. I think loads of people stick around for that, whether they, if they have changed their course and they're doing other things, they're still part of the JSA for that community. Yeah, and, and what I've always said to people as well is, like, uh, it, it is kind of like an ethos uh, where you come in and you're like, right, we're going to talk how we want to talk. We're going to say what we want to say. We're going to, you know, this is the way we do things. But I feel that probably something I've realized early on was if I can really polarize a crowd, to like you know whether it's a mustache budgie smugglers stupid shades calling people cunts whatever it is if i can do that the the amount of people that are going to fall through this filter the people at the bottom are all going to be very similar and i think that so many people realized when they got into this group they were like first of all it's wild they're they're kind of a rare people but they're all kind of strangely similar no matter where they're from and i definitely under underestimated it at first to have the potential of so many like-minded people in the same place and it's great because I, I feel at the same time looking through the group that people are now well aware of a group of that size you're going to get some some rotten eggs uh and they're just plucked out like you know weeds and, and on the whole the community i remember i see some of the posts from people i think fucking hell you got 300 likes you got like 150 comments on here that's better than my first two two and a half years on social media i was like this is incredible and when you see the comments, I know how comments can fuel your ego and your, your motivation because it's what I've been doing for years. And to see people off their own back to help motivate other people is hugely powerful. And like sometimes I literally do feel like the potty mouth bloke waving a flag, getting in front of people. Come here. We've got a madhouse. Come in. You recognize me from the videos. I've got some guys in here that will look after you. Get in here for a bit. You rub shoulders with these people for long enough and before you know it you're going to be in a much better place and a testament to as well the the scale of the member base as well because for a long time you know there are a lot more kind of expensive platforms out there but i was like i like it like this i like it being almost like an entry-level platform that also was more so about just getting masses of people in to to educate and you know could we potentially have instant answered chats yeah but it would have to become more expensive then there'd be less people coming in could you be more selective with coaches could we hire them full-time yeah but then you know there are certain hindrances that you might get from hiring someone full-time if they're a good coach are they not going to be doing their own projects etc etc but it's almost like a perfect storm of all the different ways of which we built it and the community coming together it's like a force to be reckoned with and it, it's amazing where like a I, can't, I remember not too long ago, a PT like, was giving me shit and he left his business page on the email that he sent it to me. I was like, mate, I've got 20,000 friends. Some of them I haven't met yet, but I've got 20,000 mates, I'm telling you. And if I, if I set them on you, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. That's I think I was on, I've seen that a few times on the lives, um, but it, it's quite entertaining to see those, that, that come through and it's like, 
your your fans or your, your members are right behind you every day of the week. And that you know, it's almost like you know, you and whose army? That army. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want do you want to fuck with them? By the way, they've been training for health, they're fit, you yeah. and they're ready to and they, and they can drink. And they yeah. can drink. <laughs> yeah, certainly you know, it, it is a bit of a an eye opener when you first attend on you know, an after uh, challenge event or a live and you kind of go, Okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to bed tonight. <laughs> you know, and, and if I am, I might be going with another JSA member. You never know. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, that's that's powerful. And you talked about the coaches, and one thing I like, and the fact that I think a lot of people like is like Jack and Sinead, when they've come from where we were or we are, they're able to really be relatable to. A lot, you know, a lot of the members, and when they're giving an advice and and feedback, it comes from experience. You know, it's not coming from a you know an influencer who's never been you know five stone overweight or you know and, there, and there's, there's members that join for many different reasons, but they've come from that place. So when you're in chat or whatever and you're asking and they're answering, you know it's come from a place of experience. And it's not just in coach chat, I guess you see that. You see that on the Facebook group as well, all the advice. Yeah, we've got a lot a lot of uh, we've got a lot of a lot of experts. Sometimes I tell you, I'm putting when I started running, I was asking members for help. I was like, someone messaged me, they'd be like, James, cadence. I'd be like, what the fuck is that? And then it was so good to go back and, and have them help out with stuff like that. And uh, it's crazy, like uh, we've got some members that produce their own gin. I was like, do you know what? One day I might just, I might just retire and see, see what offerings I can get from different members. You know, I could probably travel the world for a year without a phone and someone would supply gin. Yeah, mate, it's fine. So, all right. Sorry. Yeah. That's all right. I'll, um, I'll just have to uh, up my editing skills. There's uh, more, more chance to learn some shit. In it. <laughs> I apologize everyone for any interruptions in the edit. My internet dropped out. There's no no worries. Um, so we were chatting about yeah the, how good the kind of the coaches are, the fact that they're you're able to relate to the to the members. We've been chatting about how good the kind of community is. Um, I'm just having a look through through my notes. So somebody somebody's asked you what your favourite dog breed is. Um, oh, do you know what I've been I've re- I've been looking at kelpies. Do you know kelpies? um it's just a it's just a breed of dog i like it looks like a, a brown fox um second to that like a rhodesian ridgeback i think it's a bit too big um so it would it, i want like a medium sized dog but kelpie would be the the ideal one yeah i think i've i've been thinking about getting one but i just i've never been able to do it because of my because of my job or whatever we can't be at home all the time or can't even guarantee i'll be here tonight you know they are restrictive of your freedom i guess a dog um yeah yeah it's it's one of those things where i think that and then i'm thinking oh, i could i could position it as a house dog i was like hey guys you cool someone gonna be home to look after the dog then it could pass the love forward i uh, i lost you for a second there again do you know what it is um do you know what it might be i'm not sure if, if i've got all these people in the waiting room um shall i let all of them in they can ask them yeah <laughs> 
and then, yeah. and then I can tell them to fuck off. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And if we if we continue to have any uh, internet problems, we can always uh, push back the second half to like uh, another night or whatever. But yeah, try letting try letting everyone in. Let's see what happens. Right. Okay. Bloody hell. Here we go. Here we go. Hey. Right, you're all in. There you go. You've got you've got your five minutes with James. Oh, I, I've muted James. <laughs> <laughs> you can unmute if you want, James. I've, I had to get permission there to be unmuted, which is <laughs> that, that must be if case you get muted on like a business call, and then you're there going. Yeah, I'll be done with these wankers in a minute. Don't worry. You know, it'll be something like that. <laughs> how was ever, everyone? We were dropping out a few times before. We think it might have been for too many people in the waiting room. But I've let you all in and then I can tell you all to fuck off. Don't do that, that first. About right. <laughs> I'm trying to have a Right, you can't all talk at once. Right, you've all been on a podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone right again. Yeah, like good children. Uh, right, so, so James, as you know, these these guys, there's a couple of people that weren't there to um to join, but um they they were all they've just spent twelve weeks in the challenge, and we haven't got round to chat. And we we're going to probably do a second half recording, but um yeah, they all committed to doing that, and then coming on the podcast. And I think the one bit of feedback that they all said was it gave them massive accountability coming on every week and talking about how well they've done. Um, and then I, on the last episode, I got extremely drunk. I turned up with five pints inside me, <laughs> um, and uh, and then the the, the uh, and it's on our Instagram page. But they they went rogue and started recording themselves. <laughs> so I've given them all, all some confidence. Um, but also within within those five pints, I managed to make an announcement to to Lauren, who I I thought was the kind of the, the winner out of the whole group and um i offered to pay for our next challenge so uh um yeah so i've got to pay for two challenges now for the next one. <laughs> Sick. but yeah lauren is trying to get she's in. she's here she's here i can see if she's connected with audio hi lauren hi oh my god <laughs> <laughs> holy shit um no, that's that that is awesome uh to be fair i've got the Right on point. He's he's frozen. No. He's there. No. no. That's Australian oh, Wi-Fi for you. It's so bad. Right, he's, he's back. I think, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Australian Wi-Fi. I don't know why it keeps, yeah, it pretty much is. I don't know why it keeps slagging me off. Uh, it keeps saying to me, my connection's unstable. I'm like, listen, I don't need something else in my life that's unstable. Um, <laughs> but no, I've, got, I've got the finale of the judging over the next two days. I'll tell you what, this is the, the most stressful time of my life. So I'm there and you should see me where I'll be with Pippa. And I, you know, when you get to like your last few cards in a card game, I'll be there, I'll be like, Pippa, what you got? What you got? <laughs> I'm sure I what you got. And then I've got a good got that one. And I'm like, what about this one? You get that one in? And then um, sometimes I've, there's politics as well, where I'm like, am I, am I just saying this one because I really like them or because they've done really well? And then I'm like, 
is this the previous challenge progress getting into my head as well? And it's like a real mind games for, for a long time. So just Do you to remember you know, everyone's in from the previous challenges? Not every single person that I judged. There was thousands of them. But uh, I, remember, I remember the top 10. I remember even uh, seeing Brie. I saw Brie at training. And um, I said to her, I was like, you've done so well. And to have to tell someone that they were in like my final 10... But then they didn't place. Do I was you like, think I was that like, you would ever announce like your top ten instead of just like the winners, so then people can know how close they would be? I can go, oh, there's, there's going to oh, be Shannon, ten this time. It. So then, I don't. I, I, it stresses me out because originally it was one, then it was three, then in, in some challenges we've had like four or five. If this keeps growing, sure, at some point it's going to remove me. And he's going to put his own name on the academy and say, I'm not allowed to start picking, <laughs> start picking winners. I'll be, I'll, be like, I'll be like, sure, I need the company credit card because we're going to take 50 members away. <laughs> I mean, we're up for that. That's fine by yeah. <laughs> But no, I'm, uh, I've, they, I've been... They were all happy to just come over to Belfast there for a while, so they're happy enough for that. <laughs> I, you know... You know, have you? I was saying this earlier on. I was on a live. Have any of you watched uh, the Michael McIntyre thing on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. He does the Belfast accent, and I've never seen something so accurate. That's accurate. Where, yeah. And I was like, that's exactly what it's like. And you know what you like with the Titanic? That's where we've done the JSA event the last two times. Yeah, that's where right? I was. The proudest, the proudest things come out of Belfast being the Titanic. He's like, do you know what happened to it? But so every time I hear a Belfast <laughs> accent now, I can just hear Michael McIntyre doing the accent. One of the oh, biggest reasons I asked was because I was the only American and I just wanted to listen to everybody every week because it sounds so good. Get a different Nobody accent. can understand me. No, Shannon, we have to mute a lot of the time because we haven't got a fucking clue what she's saying. <laughs> just nod. Shannon just needs to nod. James is Irish as well, so he's with me. No, but we understand him. We don't need to translate it for him. Oh, yeah, but the, the worst is when, uh, when I went over to Belfast, I was saying, oh, I'm in Ireland. And they're like, you're not in Ireland. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm in the northern part of Ireland. To me, I you're was like... You're in the north of Ireland. I was like, Ireland's the, the island is Ireland. Yeah. And I've gone to the north part, which is part of Great Britain. And uh, we've got Paul in here as well now. Yeah, we have. Which is, which is, oh, we have. Oh. Go on, go on. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, good mate yourself. Yeah, very well, very well. I'm uh I'm just in my work van. It's actually quite sunny today, this it's alright, it's good lighting, look at that. Yeah, it does look good. You you're not gonna compete with the old halo light that I've got. It takes five years off. When you see me in real life I look a lot older because I haven't got professional lighting on me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just start using filters as well. Hashtag. Fine. Is the woman coming on book tour, James? What's that? Is the woman coming on the book tour with you? Well, it depends. Depends. It's a long well, way away. Not long they last. <laughs> what was that in English, Shannon? I didn't catch that. Um, Is it she's, she's coming Ameri with them? She's right. American as well. So you might not uh... understand what she says. Yeah, it's I thought... I... Yeah, I was... Where about she from? Uh, yeah, it's not. It's, it's not quite as thick as that accent. She's from California, and she's currently next door, so she's going to be listening now. Her ears are going to be burning. <laughs> no. 
So what, what have you been saying about me? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I keep saying to her, I was like, I was like you're going to love the UK. And I've, I've been saying this since it was a lot, a lot colder here. And uh, the book tour originally was going to be in December. I was like, you're going to love the UK in December. She's like, really? I was like, no. No, you're not. <laughs> no, out of chance. No one fucking loves it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. But um, no, I'm buzzing. Um, you guys have been keeping each other accountable uh, on the on the challenge so far. Um, seeing some, see, I've, I've recognised some. Just when it gets bits. Yeah. <laughs> I keep my cards very close to my chest up until the final day. We missed. We missed that, GM. Yeah, you froze. But, you froze at the important bit. <laughs> I was going to say, um, you're not going to be able to squeeze me of any any important gems as to any of the winners, mostly because I've still I've still got. Do you not have to decide it, have you? One of you narrowed down tonight. Um, probably to be honest, about forty, and I've been going That's around in, in been going around in circles with uh, people in their underpants. And uh, <laughs> me, me and Straw going back and job. forth. Do you know what? Sometimes I do uh, judging when I'm out and about, and I like turn my brightness down on my laptop. <laughs> so I'll be in like a cafe, and then I'll scroll on. I'll scroll on to something else. I'm like, I can't see my messages, and I will turn the brightness back up, and then I swipe back to it, and I've just got people in their underpants with twelve pictures of them. And I'm there, like, shit, shit. It's like when you get caught watching porn, and you're there, like, quick, put it away, put it away. down. <laughs> <laughs> Tinder. Um, that happens oh. to all at work, doesn't it? <laughs> Pretty much, mate. Yeah. Mine will be plate spinning this time, though, James. You'll be all right. I just be yeah. plate spinning. That's my goal for this challenge. Challenge goal for the next one is plate spinning because we. I said that you're trying to organise all these podcasts as like spinning too many plates. Paul's been inspired, and he's actually set it in, in the in the app, haven't you, Paul? Yeah, he bought yeah. it as well. <laughs> and I look forward. Bought- so- Go on. I bought a set on Amazon. I set my goal to five. There's only four, so I bought another one now. So now I've got eight. So I've got to change eight. it already. I'm gonna have to do. It. I've got eight sets. So as time um, goes on, I'll be looking at pictures in the back end. If you spin in one plate, then two plates. Hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I have asked um, Jack today in coach chat for um, some exercises. Uh, I also wrote a poem as well. So wherever the fuck you are, Jack, I wrote you a poem on Coach Chat. you got to read it. I will, I will post it later. Pippa's seen it already. I'm, re- I'm, getting, I'm getting new internet. Really, really busy in work. Um, I was going to say, for plate spinning, you're going to need to have uh, certain exercises, wrist control, coordination. It's going to be a, a difficult what one. What were the wrists? All in the yeah. wrists. Um, I All in the wrists. Um, I've done a little bit of research on it already and actually there's been some studies done that plate spinning is good for anxiety so you go I did it as a piss take but it might not be you watch I'll be like a zen buddha by the end of 12 weeks Christmas day that's it see Christmas dinner I'm going to bring everyone's plate out my family on plate spinning like that just feel like where do you be like a lazy Susan for Christmas dinners Lazy Susan, fucking don't have turkey at Christmas. Yeah. Don't have, don't have Christmas to, don't have turkey at Christmas. Poor man's meat. James, what day are you coming to Dublin? Deep. 
I don't know yet, if I'm honest. I'll be. Mina I've, I've got. Mina Kane Rhiannon there from the 16th. But Paddy's right. going to fly to Edinburgh on the Saturday. I haven't actually seen the uh, itinerary yet, but um, yeah, I've got some. I've got some juggling and some travelling to do. Uh, basically, Ooh, Liam? <laughs> Liam, I, 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 I have four tours to go to. Next chat. <laughs> He's yeah, yeah I'll, juggling. I'll, I'll, juggling. I'll, yeah. Yeah, not not a not a juggling book. That can be book three. There you go, done. <laughs> um, right, guys. Have you, here, anybody got like any burning questions for, for James before I boot you all out and uh, we try to you know either finish our podcast or James can go to bed? <laughs> I've got a quick yeah. one, James. Just sort of, did you envisage like three years ago? I can remember when I first joined the academy that where it is now would be what it would turn into sort of the books and basically everything else that goes with it is that what you thought would happen or um is it still a bit of a shock okay i've got i got the end of that question then sorry i froze at the absolute worst time the group going as big as what it is absolutely not um Nothing at all. Do you know what? Uh, on my Facebook memories, uh, f- four years ago, uh, I took a picture of the four-hour work week and I said, I think this is the book that I've written in the future. And yeah. I, I was joking about it. I was joking about actually have written a book about how to live life. And I was like, and when I saw that, I was like, fucking hell. Maybe I did see it coming, but absolutely not. When I first came to, to Sydney, at first, it was just about going back on the gym floor. I'm working. I remember saying to my online clients, sorry, I'm going back to the gym. And then as far as the academy, I remember saying to Shaw, I was like 1,000 members. I was like, imagine. I was like, that was that was the goal. I was like, at the moment, I'm juggling 60 and it's too many. I was like, 1,000. I was like, that could be a lifetime goal. I remember even just 100,000 followers. I was like, the day I retire, if I had 100,000 followers, I would I would have such a, you know, uh, a position over the industry. Little did I know that within a few months later it'd be there. Um, but yeah, not at all. Never. Uh, even my mum and dad are still a bit like, what, what do you do? I was just going to uh, ask what does your mum and dad think about it? Yeah, so, so like, um, my mum and dad got their house valued. They got it remortgaged. I've just gone on a mortgage with them. And uh, they, they've been waiting because of the COVID for someone to come out and value the property. So he comes around, he's walking around the house and he just goes, is James your son? And they were like, they were like, and my mum said the whole time you should have been checking and surveying the house to see what it was worth. They were just asking about me, and my mum and dad were like, they're like, we can't even get the house valued without someone fucking chatting about you. So no, it's it's definitely strange for them. Uh, I'm pretty sure they got a generous. Oh, oh, fuck me! Internet's good, isn't it? Can't yeah. buy good internet, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I, it was, I, I was i was oh, curious does it ever get get recognized like is it ever is it ever is it always surreal or is it like normal now to be recognized like every well, a lot of places you go and it's it's a weird one really, i don't get recognized that often oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird one because you kind of sometimes you look at someone and you get like an extended glare and you think oh maybe they they follow and then you go james stop being a fucking narcissist stop being like that that's not how it goes and then they're like i read your book as they go to the toilet <laughs> or something um so you get like 
Yeah, yeah, it can be. Or um, I was walking into a bar on Sunday night and a guy was just stood at the top with his fist out like that. And I fist bumped him and then walked away. And someone was like, did that just happen? I was like, yeah, it did. Um, so it's, it's, sometimes, it's sometimes really cool. But one thing uh, Darren and I have got very used to is if someone's there with their phone, we know they want a picture. So then I'll take the phone. Then I'm already wiping the camera on the screen because I, I don't trust people. I was going to say, you, you tell everybody to wipe the camera. Yeah. So I'm there wiping it. Darren's then there turning them around to wherever the light is in the room or where the sun is. And this person's being like, just turned around. And then um, Darren puts her under the arm. I go there and people are like, fucking hell, how many times have you done this? We're like, oh, don't worry about it. And then Darren's like, you're on Snapchat. Do you want to filter? Which filter do you want? Or whatever it is. So uh, it's, it's still the same novelty every single time. But the process of like, even trying to get someone being less awkward is, is becoming a lot more easier. Um, and you just have a laugh with them, have a chat. And then they go to do a selfie. You're like, no, no, no. I've done this way more times than you have, so you can have some fun with it. I remember you Aww. taking my phone off me at Cheltenham to do that. <laughs> yeah, just I remember nah, come on. Like, this is a bad angle. You don't know this. <laughs> you had like the church lights. The church lights were. Yeah, I'm, I remember that well. well. I've got a question. If we've got a chance, or one more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's the next step with JSA, or is it a case of if it ain't broke don't fix it have you got any big plans for it next well there is there is <laughs> that you uh, can tell us whoa. can we get an inside scoop can't disclose uh too much but um gonna be looking to create um over the next few years an offering for people that financially just don't want to spend any money um and it could be something that I'd be partnering up with Diren to do. That's what I'm saying. Um, so it would be it'd be a slightly uh, slightly different kind of concept altogether. But um, with kind of planning for like the worst, we were thinking like you know just the kind of way that the market's going. We're like, could we provide something for free? Uh, I can't give away too much. It's going to be exciting. And to be honest, I'm, I'm going to need a lot of uh, Academy members to be on it, testing it, checking it for bugs, all this kind of stuff. Um, do that at 11. All oh, right, yeah, so we'll be tapping you up for some, some stuff. Uh, no worries. We'll be, we'll be kind. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's going to be some exciting stuff coming out uh, over the next few years, um, which, yeah, it, don't worry. The, the, the JSA members will all have you signing NDAs and, uh, and looking into it, but after <laughs> that, definitely be guinea pigs. That's fine. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, yeah, that's going to be a kind of exciting, um, kind of structure. And also, I think we're going to look to potentially over the next few years work on developing the premium, maybe uh, getting a higher standard uh, above the premium for people that maybe Ooh. Ooh. that would be amazing, yeah, like a dedicated coach. Yeah. The, co the coach being paid more and working on a more kind of full-time basis but how that's going to be structured we're kind of figuring it out where um yeah we're, we're going to try and have something a lot more personalized some a lot quicker responses um how that's going to fit in we're still figuring it out but yeah it'll be good there'll be there'll be more without giving too much away there'll be more on the higher end and there'll be more on the lower end so we're going to kind of try and suit both ends of that spectrum that little bit better 
Um, Sounds great. Yeah, that's about it. I've kind of said a lot without saying anything at all, haven't I? Have I? Yeah, you do that well, a lot. <laughs> give away a lot and not give away anything. Yeah. No, that's Hi, great. Fiona. That sounds exciting. Hi. Hi, guys. I was waiting around in the waiting room for like... <laughs> Blame the host. Uh, <laughs> so, Fiona, uh, we've had quite a long chat and we were just kind of um, asking our final questions, but have you got anything you want to ask James? Um, no, I hadn't really thought of anything because I've literally just like dipped out of, I'm supposed to be training someone and I was like, do you know what? I'm going to leave you to it for a bit whilst I uh, go and send some emails and now I'm here. So I've had no, no time to do we, We've got our Stuart. We've got our Stuart as well, looking like the hardest oh, man in the room right now. Um, I'm dying. I've just done my first ever half marathon, James. So... <laughs> I'm I saw. Just I saw the I'm food. Smashing toast. <laughs> I saw the can, the, the can of monster. You're you're yeah. literally just going to melt into the sofa. Yeah, um, I'm going to get Netflix on in a minute and just dog. Team underdog. What was your What was your time? Uh, two hours and twelve minutes. I think it was. That's that's, very, that's That's quick. Mine was um yeah. uh, two two twenty eight, but I stopped in you four woolies. And stopped in traffic lights, and I got ripped apart for it. <laughs> Mine was three hours and twenty minutes, so <laughs> I don't run. Mine was two thirty-five. So yeah, just do it. that's good. Yeah, I, that's I'm, a, not that's I'm not a runner. It's a great pace. I've signed, up, I've signed up for the full marathon, so I don't know how I'm fucking going to do that. <laughs> a lot of fucking training. Slowly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're lucky. So, you'd smash it, mate. Years ago, you'd have been booted from the JSA for that. Yeah, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> you'd, probably, you'd be, you'd be like, you've done what? Just run a half marathon? Get out! <laughs> so, no, I, I, yeah. it's the it's the competitive side. When you become a Strava wanker, that's it. Oh, love it. That's yep. the best hashtag. If he's on my back, twenty four seven, giving off to me. Yeah, because you've got to close your rings, haven't you? I do, do you know, um, you, but I just keep you on edge. Graham, I Graham McKenzie. <laughs> Graham McKenzie's a quick runner as well. Oh. He's a dark horse in the running front. It's 5K time. It's definitely sub 25 minutes. And Simon's oh. a quick one as well. He's always yeah. very quick. Yeah, he, Simon's I knew, very quick. He's at like 19 minutes or something for... 5k oh, Simon's I, just a machine. I didn't tell him that I'd pulled out of the running because I knew he would then he, the whole last challenge I knew he was trying to kill me oh, he about it, he's already moaned about it massively in one of the groups so, <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew he would so I was like if I, I don't want him to be off the scent and I knew that it, by the end I'd say hey guys I'm running 11 weeks and I knew he'd be like you bastard so my way of getting a win over him was not saying that I wasn't running until the very last I got asked about it on my story questions all the time. And I was like, nah, because I know Smithy's going to be out there <laughs> running these sub 20 minute. <laughs> <five days." laughs> in regards to the next challenge. Literally. So, yes. If you weren't to win one of the 12 weeks, can you still win overall? Yeah. Already asked that, mate. Keep that up. Is. Yeah, Shannon, you, you've asked yeah. that story. You've had your answer. You've <laughs> shared the answer oh, with no. you. When was that asked? It was me. Uh, oh. It was on the. Oh, yeah, it was on the. It was on the it was questions. On the it was me. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like, um, I'm going to make it a lot more jovial um, and a bit more lighthearted. And then for that as well, it's, it's not going to be really a contributor to it. And do you know what? I might give it out for literally just something really random in the group. I'm just going to scroll through or like, it could be something really left field where say one of the admins picks up someone being extra helpful throughout the week within the group, helping out people. And it's a name that we've never like seen before, whatever it could be. I'm kind of giving everyone a bit of carte blanche on that so that um, nice. we can kind of spring up on people and I'll definitely be getting other people to help me decide with that. It's almost like everyone's going to be snitching on other people as to who's been doing good, good deeds. What's that? Plate spinning is not allowed. That's too left in. Guys, I'm going to have to go and sit in a customer meeting. I'm sorry, Jane. Thank you so much for popping on. You're right. No, 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 thank you. Right, I'm gonna have to go. Bye, She's vegan. She's vegan, by the way. Oh, yeah, she's vegan, by the way. That was my 20 minutes. She didn't tell anyone. I can't believe. Yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. If they if they don't say anything, they're my kind my kind of vegan. But if they uh, if they're the type of person to say it. Nikki, Nikki doesn't rub it in. I probably followed her for about 18 months or a year. I don't know. Yeah, and didn't know she was vegan until about a month ago. It's weird. It freaks me out. I don't know how she does it. Like, yeah. Secret she's vegan, another new enemy. She's in a group chat with me and Rhiannon as well, and she sits and talks about all the good cheese and all the nice meat, and she has proper conversations about good food. Have you, have you ever eaten vegan cheese? Oh. So disgusting. <laughs> It's not. It's not worth it. It's not like, yeah. Um, no fat. So, Stuart, have you got? An, and then we'll move to Hannah. And then, if there's anything else that people want to ask, otherwise, well, um, I'm going to boot you out. Just... Uh, no, I haven't got a question. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well done on the it's half marathon. Half and if done, let me know. Um, so Hannah, I know that. You're, so I think Hannah is like probably your most watched lives like every day. Oh, I love it. Like, I always. I'm so. I'm uh, on everyone. I'm like my take home message today. <laughs> don't do a fritzel. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I love it. <laughs> 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 when I said that, I was like, oh god, I could get in trouble for that. No, that's exactly what me and my pals say about things. Obviously. We're not kidnappers, but yeah, don't go full fritz on them. <laughs> for, for context, for anyone else, I think I was talking about starvation. I said, if yeah. you get someone and lock them away, I said, don't do a fritz all, but you don't feed them, they're not going to gain weight at any point. Um, and that was like, oh, <laughs> is, is it, is enough time elapsed to say that, but apparently so. Yeah. Question, but my old step challenge crew they want a shout out so could you please say hello to walking on sunshine walking on sun hello to walking on sunshine <laughs> get, get those get those steps in get your knee up 24 7 and uh, a day not stepped day wasted you know that bit where i said guys we're trying to get you on but please keep it to yourselves which part of that did you not understand? Isn't that like the time you told us about Shannon's surprise party that was meant to be oh, yeah. a surprise? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But they were actually going to leave the 
podcast now. That's the good thing. Yeah, that's that is yeah, maybe they'll actually right. <laughs> guys, I've got you off anyway, I've got a meeting now. But James, thanks for your mate. And uh yeah, take care everyone. Stay like Paul. Bye bye. Bye bye. Um okay, so I'm gonna leave as well. I have college. I'm already three hours late. <laughs> <laughs> So thank, thanks for coming on, everybody. It has been recorded, so I'll stitch it in somewhere once we get the uh, the second part done. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Nice, nice to chat to you all. You Hopefully, that, that might clear up our internet connection now. I think. Um, fingers crossed. Yeah. Let me know if we go unstable again. We'll do. It's, um, yeah. Thanks for that, mate. I think they really appreciated it. Sick. No, that was fun. A bit of a madhouse, but it was good fun. Can you try, imagine trying to record with them every week? <laughs> so. Yeah, pretty mental. Did you have to go pro to get the ability to have those in? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't think it's much, like nine quid a month or something like that, but um, yeah, it does. And I found out today it means I could then put it out as Facebook Live as well. So. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, I might, I might do that a bit just from watching Paul and how he does it. Um, Paul Moore. Um, yeah, I mean, literally, with the idea from the for the podcast, when I said, right, okay, you were like, yeah, go. And I was like, shit, I don't actually know how to record a podcast. <laughs> um, and I was like watching Dirren's. I was like, shit, just, just use Doom. Press record. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really easy, yeah. Um, and what, what I was going to say as well is like, I'm, I'm happy down the line to do these on a, on a more frequent basis when um say you do like a block of episodes or whatever i'll come on one every now and then and we'll do something similar and i can sit closer to my wi-fi as well yeah mate it's um i think if we do that it's um you know i I just i'm gonna just try to keep doing a challenge one so i've got some new guys coming on for the next one for 12 weeks at christmas and then maybe early january we'll do another one at the end Uh, do you want to should we wrap this one up and yeah. then we'll get one where I'm I'm trying I'll even get an Ethernet connector and I'll plug myself in. <laughs> cool. Well, so yeah, just uh should we just schedule it for whenever you're free really? Um, yeah, okay. Should we touch base in a couple of weeks' time? Yes, yeah, sounds good. And I'll try and uh clean it up a little bit and maybe if I can get something out for the for this part one. I'll do you have a do you have a pl- do you have a planned outro or anything in, in your notes before we drop out again? Um, I, I kind of, I'm just like, I just follow you. I'm like, right, guys, don't, don't be dickheads. Please, please like it. Please share it. Uh, do you want me to do the last bit for you? Yeah, yeah, crack on. All right. It's Alistair, yeah? Make sure you fucking like this, share it. Not a charity. Down nine quid a month because of you bastards. So get, the, get this out there. Get this on the stories. And if you enjoyed it, if you haven't hit like, you like already. If you haven't hit share, hit share. <laughs> there you go.